We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. got a super chat from nathan milton sean have you ever got malik to admit he's wrong about something that's part yes. one. think of the super chat nathan okay yes yes and number two they're both going to be yes and then number two it says brian ever said done something done or said something worthy of the i'm going to say pretty train i uh, yes i do lots of things that get me the on the pretty, pretty train, train. <laughs> yes I, out of all of our phone calls and conversations brian has said yes multiple things Worthy of the petty trade, especially when we start getting into uh, our our likes, our hip hop likes. I have especially, I have offered some opinions, and and when it comes to modern rap, that Sean is not a fan. Of. If I get if I get Brian, all I have to do is get Brian riled up about something, and he starts to get super petty. Yeah, yeah. instantly. So, and he knows the buttons to push. He knows the button. I still yep. think you and Angela are having side conversations and she's giving you heads up on things. Hey, you want to, this is what Brian's really pissed off about today. You know what I mean? Like this is what he's ranting about. So if you want to get him going, you can talk about this in the show today. Cause it never fails. Never fails. Oh boy. <laughs> I think my Kendrick Lamar take might've been the one where you got most disgusted. I just shook my head. That was, okay. that, was, that was probably the one. That was probably the one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Uh, I'll ask you of this one, Sean. Uh, what other Irish from Irish Tri-Town, What other sports or teams do you follow besides Notre Dame? You have a much longer list than I do because mine is oh. I don't. Well, see, first of all, as an Illinois grad, you know that's that's my squad. Uh, nice to see we made the t- uh, final six for uh, Marquise Lightfoot tonight. So Brett Bielema's going to Ohio State, sadly. Right. <laughs> We're holding fast, but no. And then other than that, it's a year-by-year basis, right? Uh, I've enjoyed watching Georgia the last two years defensively. Uh, I loved why I stayed up and watched multiple Washington games last year because their offense, you know, year by year. I watched more Tennessee games last year because of Hendon Hooker and what they were doing. So I'm just a fan of the game, man. Like, mm-hmm. Whatever becomes an intriguing story, I don't. It doesn't matter the time zone. I'll stay up, get up early, to watch good football. So, you know, even if Northwestern becomes a story, I'll, I'll watch them. I've done it before. So, sports wise, I I don't. I grew up watching the Celtics as a basketball NBA fan, the Broncos as an NFL fan, and the Reds as a as a. Uh, baseball fan and I was a Michigan basketball fan over time. I probably stopped. I, I mean, I was still a Broncos fan when LA retired, but I didn't have the same. I, I realized after he retired that I was probably a little bit more of a John Elway fan than necessarily Broncos fan. Yeah. And so, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed him. I, I just have kind of pretty much stopped watching NFL. I started watching NFL a lot less when I got into college, but even more so when I got into coaching because Sundays are, for a coach are you get up in the morning, you're at the office at seven, eight AM and you're there all day. And it's like by the time I get home on Sunday night, it's like the last thing I want to do is watch more football. You know, I just want to sleep and get ready for next week's game. And then now it's just like I, I don't hardly watch it at all. I mean, I pay attention when happens to the Broncos, but I wouldn't say I'd follow the Broncos probably more than any others. I stopped being a Reds fan. Well, not saying a Reds fan, but I stopped paying attention to the Reds a few years ago. Although it sounds like they got some young guys coming up. You know, watching some of those things on that, Twitter that they do, but I just I don't watch Major League Baseball anymore. And in NBA, I mean, I still I still pay attention to what the Celtics do. I wouldn't say that I'm a fan. I don't watch a ton of NBA. With the NBA, ever since Bird retired, I've been more about I enjoy players more so than because I I think that's kind of what I realized is I was probably a little bit more of a Larry Bird fan than I was necessarily a Celtics fan. But when the big three got together in Boston, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Ray, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I mean, I still think the Celtics are probably my team, but I'm more of someone when it comes to NBA that it's it's more players. I hated the Bulls, but I loved watching Michael Jordan. I'm a Celtics fan, Sean. Um, do you love the Pistons? Do I love no. the Pistons? Yes. Probably no, dislike I, I, you. You can dislike a team and still love a certain player. Yeah, I right? loved Isaiah. I loved Bulls. Isaiah, but I right. hated the Pistons. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, yeah. and I'm also a Larry Bird fan. What kept Larry Bird from winning a championship as a coach? The Bulls. So, because that's I mean, because Michael needed Larry to be on the sidelines to be able to beat him in a playoff. That that's that's the reality of it, right? I mean, I, I say. I, I mean, say you know, the old man back gave but, out. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's the way it had to happen. Um, but, uh, you know, like I like, I like over the years, I've kind of more been a fan of individual players. Like I, I have zero interest in the, in the golden state warriors as a team, but you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for, for 
Steph Curry as a player. I mean, he's fun yeah. to watch, right? I mean, so that's that's kind of more where I've kind of gotten to with NBA, Sean. College basketball, I don't I don't really follow Michigan the way that I used to or root for Michigan like I used to. I'm just kind of more I'll just watch the tournament or big games. Like I'll watch Duke, North Carolina. I'll watch rivalry games now, but it's yeah. the same thing. I just don't have the time to watch all those yeah. for, for everything I got going on. Sean is right in the chat. He came close to getting on the petty train right there. Who did? Um, Someone you did that Celtics comment, that yeah. Bulls comment, almost got you yeah. put on the petty train. Yeah, why would I? Why would I like the Bulls? <laughs> I hate the Bulls. But I, all anytime Michael Jordan's on TV, you watch him. You oh, know, absolutely. Dominique was like that too. Like I disliked the Hawks a lot because they were the Celtics' like rival when I was older. Uh-huh. Right? I mean, it was them and the Pistons were kind of Boston's rivals. But man, I loved watching Dominique play. He was like probably the most powerful dunker I've ever seen. Like Dominique was fun to play, but I hated the Hawks because that was the team you were concerned about, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'll tell you the team I probably hated the most was some of those late 80s, early 90s Pacers teams with Chuck Person. But again, I think that might be more about Chuck Person than it was the Pacers. Yeah, because he was just a good person to hate. He was easy to hate. <laughs> it's very he was easy. He was easy to hate. Very easy to hate. Very easy to hate. All right, so here's one from Truman Demel. Thank you, Truman, for the super chat. Appreciate you. He says, should we put blinders on and let the Notre Dame football haters sleep like Rip Van Winkle and continue to build a juggernaut? Uh, what do you think, Brian and Sean? I think it depends on are we talking well, about the Notre Dame team or the Notre Dame fans. Well, I know I, I like to uh, engage. Yeah. I like engagement, so I yes. don't mind engaging. Uh, matter of fact, I think Brian, don't you guys think Brian should go back on Tiger Bait this offseason? <laughs> don't you guys think we need another episode of Brian on Tiger Bait? Uh, you know, I oh, like to embrace gosh. and engage the haters, you know, especially the ones that have no clue. Yes, mm-hmm. I like to You mean like guys where I know more about your team than you do? Is that an example of the petty train right there, Sean? Is you that- are now officially you have a one way ticket on the petty train. <laughs> it's like that guy from Ohio State. I don't know uh, any Notre Dame players, so they must suck. Okay. Oh boy. Oh my goodness. Oh, for a second there, you said Tiger Bait. I'm thinking Tiger Bait. What I never watched that show. I thought you were talking about that stupid Tiger King though. I'm like, what, what no. are you talking about? I've never no. seen that show. No. I know what you're talking about. You picked up on it. <laughs> I, it took me a second. It took me a second, but I figured it out. I figured it out. Yeah. Um, I, I'm with you, Sean. I, I kind of like the engagement. And as, as I think where Truman, I think where you could make that case is for the team. Mm-hmm. You could make a case. Like I have my thoughts on how things should be engaged and players being fired up, but I don't ever want to see Marcus Freeman stand in front of the team and read an ESPN article that they said about Tobias Merriweather to get him fired up. You know what I mean? Like you may make, but you will make little comments and practice about, Oh, this is why they say, you know, I think that stuff is, is, can be useful. I think you can overdo it as a team as fans. What else are we going to talk about in June and July? I mean, this is part of the fun of being a fan is looking at the disrespect of the, the haters or whatever else. And, and having, like in the past, it was kind of like, man, I hate this because there's not a lot I can say to this. We do suck. You know what I mean? We're not going to win under Bob Davey. You know what I mean? And But now it's kind of like you feel 
the last five, six years, it's kind of like, you know, look, you are disrespecting Notre Dame in ways that they don't deserve that disrespect. You know, they're a top five team in producing NFL players the last six or seven years. You know, they're they're a top t- – you know, I think what are they right now, Sean, like fifth with most players on NFL rosters right now? But yet, what's the mantra? Six, it's fifth or six. They go back yeah, and forth. Or, yeah. yeah. And like they're 48, so, you know, depending on who gets cut this week. But yet the mantra is, well, they don't produce, they don't produce NFL, enough NFL players. Yeah, but look how many Alabama produces. Well, nobody produces as many NFL guys as Bama. Dude. Right, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize Benny Jackson just got released, like literally yeah. just got released yeah. from the, from the Jets. It had been playing, and Matthias Farley is still playing. Like they state, man, Notre Dame. There has to be something about the players that leave Notre Dame that when they walk into a camp, I'll give you a perfect example: Josh Love. Dude, it took like two days at rookie camp, and the Bears were like, oh, okay. Yeah. You got a spot. Who was this? Was it it Josh Lug? Oh, Josh Lug. Yeah. Yeah, he got signed quick. Quick. Yeah. It was like a day and a half, and they were like, you know. So there's Mm -hmm. something about Notre Dame. Like you said, Notre Dame tight ends. Like they're dependable. Notre Dame players are probably the most dependable players in the NFL when you take into the full account of what you're being asked to do as a professional. Might not be the top end talent of some of the other schools, but as far as being the foundation of core of what a head coach needs and wants in that locker room, you'd be hard pressed to find another program that gets guys into the NFL. And like you said, the only reason most of them are not playing is because of injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I will say this, Sean. I think that part of the reason for the constant disrespect for Notre Dame is twofold. One is because for a long time, the things they said were true. Yeah, Notre Dame wasn't a very good program. They were slow. They were unathletic. Those things were all true for a long period of time. And then when it started not being true, you had a head coach that constantly tried to convince you that it was still true. But because of his greatness, he was able to overcome all of those flaws and still win. That's that's partly why. And people bought into it. Well, Notre Dame doesn't have speed. No, that like I have a friend of mine who who has this view. It was like, well, you know, why why does Notre Dame always why why is Matt Bayless not being able to prove the team speed? And I'm thinking. Are you serious? It's like, yeah, he, th- this isn't a team. I'm like, so start listing all the, he's like, well, look at Michael Mayer's 40 time and Kyle Hamilton and Kyron Williams. And I'm like, so then I start listing off like, you know, all these dudes that like just wrecked the combine. And it's like, yeah, but what about, I'm like, all right, dude, you're hopeless. Like you've bought into that lie that Notre Dame doesn't have speed. You know, it's like this team can run. I mean, Notre Dame starting middle linebacker in 2021 was faster than Georgia starting middle linebacker in 2021. And if you don't believe me, go look at their pro day results. I mean, it. now that doesn't mean it was better. You can say he wasn't as they don't, they're not good enough talent wise. But when you go to the lazy, they don't have speed thing. It's like, well, I mean, Notre Dame has one of the fastest corners in college football and he's 6'3". You know, and I think, but that's kind of what we heard is we always heard these excuses. Well, we don't have enough perimeter playmakers. Notre Dame's head football coach literally said that 
after a game in which he had a 6-4-4-4-3 guy on one side and a 6-4-4-4-2 guy on the other side and a home run hitter at running back. Like, he literally said that. And it's just like, well, and then you know what people say? Well, yeah, Notre Dame doesn't have speed. Really? That's That was your takeaway from this game? Was they, you know, now, could you argue depth? Certainly. They had depth issues back then. You know, but, well, they, they don't, I some Notre Dame had, just hasn't produced defensive lines. I'm like, did you not watch the 2018 defensive line? Like literally almost all their backups are NFL players. It, it, it's a, you just get into these mantras where people buy into that because Notre Dame hasn't done the ultimate things they need to shut people up. And that's what it boils down to. Yes, you've had 10, 11 win seasons, but you haven't beaten the teams that really define you. And the two times you did beat one of those teams, there was a big asterisk by it. No Trevor, no Mike Davis, no Tyler, no Tyler Davis, no Mike Jones, no James Skalski in 2020. Well, you beat Clemson again in 2022. Yeah, but it wasn't that Clemson. And, and it's true. This 2022 Clemson is not Ohio State. They're just not that program anymore. Now, could they be in 2023? Maybe. We'll see. I think they're trending back up again after some of the decisions Dabo made this past offseason and improvements of quarterback, but they're still not Ohio, what Ohio State's been the last few years, perception-wise. And and they're not what Clemson – I'm not trying to say that Ohio State's been better than Clemson the last six or seven years, but what I'm saying is the last couple of years of Ohio State have been better than the last couple of years of Clemson, and this Ohio State team is a lot more like the 2016, 2018, and 2015 and 2018 teams that beat Notre Dame than the 2020 – and 2022 version of Clemson that Notre Dame beat. And so uh, to me, until you win those games, you're and, and you you get a playoff win or a big New Year's Six Bowl win, something they still haven't done since 1994, then you're going to have that disrespect and it's hard to push back on it. You know, but that doesn't mean that we still won't because that's part of the fun of doing this job. Guys, we do a show every day. I, I don't know any anybody else in this in this d- space that does a show every single day. Right. So there's going to be times we want to talk about stuff like this and it's going to be fun. And if you don't like it, you don't have to you don't have to watch. But I think it's fun to kind of push back on some of that stuff, especially Truman, when you actually have good arguments to make. And I think right now, looking at this Notre Dame football team, Sean, there's good arguments to make. ESPN is going to tell me that they don't have enough playmakers. Well, then you need to go talk to your people who do your recruiting rankings because they apparently suck at their jobs because every single one of these kids was a four star rank high ranked kid. Every one of them. So, you know, the only non four star is on Notre Dame starting lineup this year, a skill player that for ESPN, Audric Estime. That's it. He was a three star according to ESPN. I think he's proven that to be BS. So, that's a good question, Truman, but I just feel like it's one that is easy to, it's fun to, it's fun to push back on those things, especially if you think you've got a program that you think might back you up. You know what I mean? Like when you were doing it with Ty and Charlie and Bob Davey, it was like, I'm just not here being a fan because it's my job, but I know I'm 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 gonna look stupid once the season starts. <laughs> you know what I mean? So got a super chat from Tyrell Wilson. Were Tyler and Logan promised starting spots? If not, why leave to be in the same spot on a different team? I don't believe Tyler was promised a starting spot. I I, I don't know if Logan was or wasn't, but I think that it was made very clear to Logan the opportunity to be that, be the guy. I don't think Logan was looking for a guaranteed spot. I don't want to have to compete kind of guy. I think he wanted to look at a depth chart that he knew he could go into and be the guy. And then he has to go earn it. And I, 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 cause I don't think Logan's afraid 
to compete. I think we, he's shown enough that he's willing to, to compete. I just think he wanted to be the guy. And I think he's got a better shot at that at LSU. He better hope John Emery doesn't get back to his previous form. But um, no, and I don't think Tyler was promised anything either. But it, being promised doesn't mean that you aren't told very good things about, hey, if you come do what you're going to do. I mean, I think Tyler Buckner knows if if you come do what I know you're capable of, look, this quarterback room may not be the greatest. I think you can play here. I think that's – whereas at Notre Dame, barring Sam Hartman getting hurt, sorry, buddy, you're not you're not, not going to play here unless it's in that, you know, role he had in 2021. And that might have been good for Notre Dame as a team, but I don't know if that was good for Tyler. It would have been good for Tyler because he needs to develop as a quarterback. Thoughts on that, Sean? I mean, pretty much same page on that one. Same page. Same page. All right, here, here's a good one, Sean. I'm going to ask you this one. There's these last two that when we'll get out of here after this. Johnny S. says, did you see the presentation that Amir Carlisle put together for the players called Closing the Gap? That li- The little that I saw was outstanding. I, I thought, isn't that what you and I talk about, Sean, though, with Notre mm-hmm. Dame? Yes. Do more to to help these players understand like what's out there beyond football. And um, I thought that was awesome. And to do it when they 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 did it when you know you had the current players you had the incoming freshmen you had some recruits on campus like and the way they did it bringing in the pivot the podcast form uh, it shows that they're evolving and it shows that they have someone in the the uh, player development position that actually gets where college football is headed. Mm-hmm. And what attracts and what builds young men while they're there and when they're being recruited. So, you know, tip of the cap to Amir Carlisle, what he put together, I thought it was genius. And uh, I hope to see more of it. I hope yeah. to see more. I hope to see more of it. You need someone in that position that has that type of forward thinking, right, about the program, right. And about getting these kids to understand that it's not just about being a talented football player. Yeah. It's what do you do with it? I thought Channing Crowder's comments about how, hey, guys, I've made more money after my <laughs> after career, career than I did during my career. Why? Not because he's modeling or you know, and he's using his football. To, it's He's using his intelligence, his education, his you know all those things that you learn besides the football field to say, hey, you have to, but it was also his point that I took at least from it. You could, I could be wrong. Was this isn't something I just my career's over. And I'm like, well, gee, what am I going to do now? His whole thing is, but like I knew that I had to do this. I knew uh-huh. that I was going to go this way. I knew I prepared for the day when my football career is going to come to an end, and it just didn't catch me by surprise. That's something I've been very adamant about that college teams should have, and Notre Dame should be a trendsetter for. Is you should have a program that's designed as kids go into their final year and out of, especially kids who aren't playing the National Football League, to say, we're going to help you make the transition to your post-football career. And I'm not even talking vocationally. I'm talking mentally, emotionally, to where this thing you have committed your life to since you were a kid is now just gone. We just literally talked to Bennett Jackson, and he talked about that same thing. I don't know what my transition would have been like if I did come from Notre Dame. Right. He said, I can't even imagine trying to move from the NFL and figure life out if I didn't have the brotherhood, the network, you know, if I didn't have a CEO reaching out saying, hey, you okay? You know, what are you thinking about? 
Like this all comes from Notre Dame. So you're right. And this needs to be, man, that's more powerful than well, let me shut up because I was about to say something. Look, there's no, a reason why there's, there's a reason why most mothers hey, I hopped on the petty train today already. I'll no be train. petty. It's a reason why the majority of mothers in recruiting love Notre Dame. And what you saw Amir Carlisle do is exactly why. Yeah. Because mothers look beyond the football field. Most mothers don't even want their sons to play football because of the violence of the sport. If they would be totally honest, if there was another way. Mothers of the parents, the kids that come to their name, I would say are that way for sure. Absolutely. Like, yo, I know some other parents that are like, "Uh, but look, I, can I just say this too? I, I have found, especially in recent years, I'm also finding more and more fathers on top of mothers that are taking more of a. No, I'm talking the Notre Dame players. I, I don't. I don't cover other teams. I, I don't know, but I'm seeing more and more fathers that are also that way. That say, "Hey, look, we're we're looking beyond just what's happening in that hundred to you know fifty three and third kind of thing." And you know what I mean. Yeah. And and I think that there's more there's starting to be more awareness of this. And and maybe this is just a Notre Dame thing and and it's not true outside of Notre Dame. I I just only know of true being in with Notre Dame is I'm finding more and more dads that are that way too. Yeah. In in the Notre Dame sphere where in the past the dads were often the biggest obstacles to kids coming to Notre Dame. Cuz the to your point Sean, the dads were very much a What's the system going to be? Uh-huh. And do you give my kid a shot to get the NFL? And there weren't a lot of questions about what about my son's mental health? What about my son's preparation? What if football is taken away from him? Those are the moms asking those questions. You know, we hear stories about like Corey Miner's mom. You know what I mean? Like I can buy you a jacket. I, can, I can't buy you this. You know what I mean? And she wasn't standing in the middle of Notre Dame Stadium when she said that. She was standing in the middle of campus. Because she was thinking beyond the football and, field, and look at Corey Miner now. That's right. Who he is as a man. Right. Look at a look at a Tom Carter, and yo, it's like yeah, you can't. I challenge any program in this country to line up post career, yeah, resume, right, with Notre Dame, right. Heck. Joe Montana has made more money after football than he ever made. Joe Montana, Brady Quinn's is, another one. Yo, yeah. Joe Montana is sitting on a mint. Yeah. So, well, and, and so like, it is important. It's so important to have that push because it's harder when you're 16, 17, and 18 to think about your career being over. And this is the whole point because you're you've been doing this your whole life that you don't think about well football might not be there someday. Yeah, it yeah. is. I've only ever known this. Yeah. And like for me, it's like, and I'll just call out some names. Like when I talk to the parent, the like the Chris Tyree's dad and the Don Schuler's dad and Braylon James's dad and Tobias Merriweather's dad and Robert Hainsey's dad, and like a lot of the dads that I've had a chance to meet over the years, you're like, you get why their kids are the way they are. Because they have that father figure that's like, hey. There's nothing wrong with you loving and being passionate about football. And I'm going to push your butt on the football field every single day. But you're not going to be defined as a man by that. And that's the difference between 
you know, when you see when you when you get to know Glenn James, who we've had on the show. Right. And as I've gotten to know Chris Tyree's dad a little bit off the air and you get to know Tobias's dad a little bit, you get to know Robert Hainsey's dad a little bit. And you're like, OK, I get it now. You get a chance to meet Alex Bars's dad. Uh-huh. You get it now. And you're like, OK, I understand why this why Chris Tyree is a 4.0 student and why and, and also a great football player. I understand why Tobias is the way that he is. I understand why Braylon is the way that he is. Because you meet these parents, sometimes it's a dad, sometimes it's a mom. Ideally, it's both. Uh-huh. And and you, you you're like, okay, I get it now. And to see Notre Dame harnessing that and building on that from a football standpoint, not just an institutional standpoint, the institution has always been pretty good about that stuff, Sean. I think to see Marcus Freeman embrace it and and allowing Amir Carlisle to do something like this, where he's not just being given a job as some sort of figurehead former player we want to be around the guys but like dude you're gonna have an impact on these young men like that's the player development that i want to see uh-huh it's marcus freeman's job and mike micken's job and jared parker's job and joe rudolph's job to develop them as football players it's their job to develop them as men to a degree but the more of the type of because it's hard for a coach in today's era with all the recruiting responsibilities where you're off campus for literally three months of the year you're just away from the team it's hard to be the kind of mentor you can be at the division three level when you're always around them or the, yeah. you know, the way it used to be when the recruiting was like in like a little month span or whatever the case may be to have somebody like Amir Carlisle to say, Hey, you're going to also be part of this too, man. I love that stuff. And that's the stuff Notre Dame, Notre Dame needs to be the trendsetters for that stuff. And this is what you and I've talked about, Sean, there's no excuse for Notre Dame to not be the trendsetters. And I'm fired up to see that. And I hope we see more and more of that. And it wasn't just some, f- like at first, I'm like, okay, this is a mere talk, and sure sounds great. And I'm like, hold on, is that, is that Ryan Clark talking about this? Is that Channing Crowder? Is that like, okay, they're they're serious about this. This isn't just some little, you know, because I'm. I'll be honest, I, I tend to be pessimistic nowadays. I've gotten much more pessimistic in the last couple of years. You see something like that, like, okay, what's the recruiting angle here? I thought it was going to be something like that since it was a recruiting weekend thing. Like, oh, it's a mere talking to recruits about. I'm like, okay, cool. It sounds great. Then you realize, like, then you see, like, the players, the players sitting there taking notes, like, all of them, feverishly, right? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, okay, this is serious. Like, this isn't some, this isn't something they're just putting on social media and make them seem like they're cool. They're doing something, man. And you're like, okay, this is the stuff I want to see more and more and more of because this is how, Sean, to your point, you're down to, I don't know where I'm going to go, Ohio State or here, whatever in here. This is the stuff that will push you over the edge. Because Urban Meyer was brilliant at selling this at Ohio State, even when it wasn't necessarily true. All right, And so this is something that could be a huge thing. And then if you start coupling more and more winning with it, these are the reasons that Sean and I think that Notre Dame is on the verge of becoming a juggernaut. Marcus Freeman said something last week. He was quoted in an interview about, yo, if we need it, we're going to do it at Notre Dame. Like, money's not an issue. That was good to hear. To back that up with what Amir did, it just gives you confidence, man, that there are people finally within the program that get it, that get what needs to be done, that get gets where the blind spots have been in the program and are going towards or walking towards fixing those blind spots and getting them repaired. This is the best thing that's come out of that. Yeah. 
just watching that. And it goes a long way. I think people forget that the young men that are being recruited now came into this world with a smartphone in their hands. Mm -hmm. Their parents sat them on the couch with their iPad when they wanted some time (laughs) to be able to finish something else. This is the world they grew up in. And podcasting and content creation. This is their world. And what better way to reach them than by doing that? You know, so I thought it was genius. I thought it was absolutely genius, and I can't wait to see the evolution of it and the next steps that they take. You just you just think about some Sean. Kids who are 18 years old right now, do you know do you know who the start you know what year? I mean, think about this. When they were born, it was like the 05 and 06 Notre Dame seasons. Like that doesn't seem like that long ago to us. Like you and I were talking about this. I think it was you and I were talking about this on the phone the other day. Like what, what a lot of people don't understand is like people talk about this and this, but like when when these kids were six, seven years old, current recruits, no, we're talking about the 2012, 2013 season. They were little children then. Right. And so you have to understand the world that, like you said, they grew up in and, and the things they experienced are completely different than what your and I experience was. And I think that's one of the benefits to having a younger head football coach is because he's more in the middle of those two than you and I are. You and I are more on the, the end over here where Marcus Freeman's like right in the middle of that. And, and I think when you look at some of his assistant coaches, there's a lot of youth there. And I think that that if you do it correctly, you can find a way to reach that generation and and have and be able to reach them with those tools. Where maybe someone like me might have a tougher time doing that or understanding that. I may know the need for it, but not necessarily know how to get there. And so that's kind of where um, where we'll we'll be on that one. All right, here here it is, Brian and Sean. Where do you think Notre Dame the program will be in five years? This is the one I wanted to pull up and end with Sean. So I thought this is a really good question. Financially, in a really great spot. I'll say that. <laughs> With the new TV deal and the pair deal, Lorenzo will sit in a really darn good spot. Yeah. But then you have to understand that the evolution of everything else, like we get to the point with the new college football playoff format coming into play. In five years, Notre Dame could be facing depending upon how these super conferences, if they come into play, could be on the brink of making a major decision in five years. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm just speaking from the business side right now. On the football field, I would venture to say in five years, success on the football field will probably be really close to having a national championship and trying to get a second one in five years. So so you're on the same page as I am, Sean, that you believe within the next five years, Notre Dame will have a national championship. Oh, yeah. 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 I firmly believe that. I do. I do. Because I really think they have someone finally. Notre Dame is different. We all know that. Like it's chronicle. We know they can't recruit at the same level as Alabama, Georgia. We understand that, right? 
They're not going to have the epic recruiting weekends that Georgia had two weeks ago. That's it's not going to happen, but they're going to have their own version of those weekends for Notre Dame. They have to win those weekends, their own version of those weekends. They have to win those weekends. And then not only that, they need somebody leading the program that believes in the product. Right. They had a really, they had a great head coach when it comes to X's and O's, in my opinion. I think Brian Kelly is a really good head football coach. In a lot of ways. Yeah. In a lot of ways. But he didn't believe in Notre Dame. He, he just didn't believe in the product. And if you're going to sell the product, you have to believe in the product. And once you start selling the product, eventually people see through it and know that you don't believe in it. Right. And at that point, you're hurting it more than you're helping right. it. Notre Dame has a head coach that firmly believes he can get the job done in Notre Dame, and he believes in Notre Dame. Yeah, that and I look and like you said, his youth, his charisma, everything that goes into it. Yeah, I think we'll be looking for a second national championship in five years. You know, we talk a lot about Sean, Ohio State on the show, Sean, because we have Ohio State fans, and and what we've said about Notre Dame is like, look, if you want to be, you know, if you want to be a national champ, you've got to first become the best team in your region. Mm-hmm. And and I've always kind of said this. You talk about like why coaching matters. When when I look at John Cooper, for example, he's from Tennessee, had never coached in the state of Ohio, was at Arizona State before he took over for Ohio State. He did some really good things at Ohio State, especially recruiting wise but he could never truly get over the hump because I don't think he truly understood Ohio State. That's why he got his butt kicked by Michigan consistently. Then you hire a guy in Jim Tressel who completely bought in to what is what Ohio State's all about. And that's why he had more success, won a championship, something John Cooper never did, dominated Michigan with what I would argue inferior rosters to what John Cooper often put on the field. When we talk about the greats of Ohio State, we often go back to the 90s when John those were John Cooper teams, not Jim Tressel teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jim Tressel took a team quarterback tie Todd Beckman to the national championship game, right? I would now that doesn't mean Ohio State didn't have players. Please don't get it twisted. I'm not saying I mean that Ohio State team that beat Miami had a lot of NFL players. But it wasn't – there was no Eddie George on that team, no Orlando Pace. I mean, that they had some tremendously talented football teams back then. But I think that he didn't just quite understand what made Ohio State unique. And, and I think that is an important thing. Jim, Urban Meyer understood that, being an Ohio guy. And I don't know if he had the same buy-in that Jim Trussell did, but he knew how to use it. You know what I mean? And I think your point about Brian Kelly, I would also argue because Brian Kelly's focus is always about what was best for Brian Kelly. And I think one thing that's unique about Marcus Freeman is there's a lot more outward focused nature to him. 
where it's not you winning and losing is important because Marcus Freeman knows if I don't win, I'm not going to have a job. I have to win. But I think, I believe that, that, and I could be wrong about this, but this is what I believe based on a lot of conversation I've had is Marcus Freeman also understands that winning is not just a byproduct of what we do on the practice field and in the weight room. It's also a byproduct of embracing the uniqueness of Notre Dame so that we don't look at, look at the things that make Notre Dame different as stumbling blocks. And you want to talk about the biggest difference between Lou Holtz and Brian Kelly. And there, there are several, but the biggest is Lou Holtz looked at the stumbling blocks that are Notre Dame and said, I'm, and you could talk to any Lou Holtz player from back in the day. He took those things and said, this is what makes you special. This is what makes you better. Do you think this team you're going to play is in class studying for finals and doing this and doing that? Do you think they have to do this? Do you think they have to do that? Do you think they have to live in dorms and no air? I mean, all the things that everybody else before and after him looked at as stumbling blocks and things that, that keep hold you back. Lou Holtz looked and said, no, 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 no. I'm going to convince them that this is what makes them special. He embraced what made Notre Dame special. And why did he embrace it? Because he genuinely believed it. The guy literally had a Notre Dame clause in his contract. That's how bad he wanted to be at Notre Dame, right? Still to this day, of all the places he was at, this is the place that Lou Holtz's heart is still at because he embraced what makes Notre Dame special. Brian Kelly looked at the things that make Notre Dame unique and said, these are problems that have to be overcome as opposed to things that make you better than everyone else. And that ultimately is the difference. And I believe Marcus Freeman, now, has he fully understood how to maximize it? No, he's in year two. But I think he understands, I got to look at the academic piece, and I got to look at this, and I got to look at these challenges and make these kids understand this actually makes you stronger and smarter and better and more equipped to win at life and win on the football field because nobody's working as hard as you are this week because they may be able to match your effort in the weight room. They'd be able to match your effort in the here, but they're not going to match your effort over here, and this is why you're going to be mentally tougher. Now, that may actually have no bearing whatsoever on you being a better football player, but when you buy into the fact that that I am I am doing all of these things, it's going to change your mindset to where I can do anything. I'm not afraid of Miami. I had freaking finals last week at University of Notre Dame, and I came out of it. Miami's a cakewalk, right? Now, that's not actually a real thing, Sean, but the mind is a powerful thing. And when someone knows how to use that to get players to completely buy into what makes us different and special, that's how a program like Notre Dame wins a championship. It'll never be because their players are just across the board better than everybody else's like Georgia or or Alabama to degree Ohio State. It's got to be different. And Marcus Freeman understands that because of, like you said, Sean, because he belie- he truly believes that this makes Notre Dame better. This makes it spe- – is it harder? Yeah, it's harder. It's harder to win here than it is other places. But it also means that it, it means more when it happens, when you have those successes. And I think that's the part, Sean, that, that, you were, that, that I completely buy in with you about is you have a coach now that believes it. Now, once he gets the experience as a coach and learns from some of those – Failures and successes combined with these other things that he gets, also being from a younger generation, that it's not for he doesn't have to learn these things. He's had an iPhone a lot longer in his life. Uh, I mean, iPhones came out the same age, right? Like smartphones came out the same time, right? But my point is a greater percentage of him being 36 or 37 has been having that compared to you and I who are mid mid 40s, right? That's the point. Um, 
So just all of it to me is, is impactful. And you're seeing him surround himself with people that embrace that because who else better to understand that than a kid who played here and NFL dream didn't happen for him. But he understands, boy, I'm successful and I've been able to do these things in my life because Notre Dame prepared me to do them in, th- in this regard. And you have a head coach that, like, the university's always embraced that, but now you have a head coach that embraces that. And I think that's incredibly impactful, Sean. Yeah. Uh, one more? Yeah. we got. Do we have one more? Okay. So, yeah. So, SB10, H, SH10 for Heisman. Says, who were you anticipating landing last week when you said there would be another show? Are you anticipating any extra shows this week? Uh, I'm not going to say who that is because that commitment happened. It's just not going to be announced yet. So basically the delay was when the announcement was going to happen. So I'm not going to say who it is, but they did get that extra commitment last week. It was supposed to happen sooner in the week and it was changed to go public later. It'll happen this month as far as I know. So uh, that that's, do I, am I anticipating extra shows this week? No, I'm not anticipating them right now. Um, I, I think that a lot of the commitments are going to happen now are going to happen late June, early July, like we've seen in the past. So like Christian Gray basically decided on Notre Dame well before his July 4th commitment date, but he waited till July to, to do it. So, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I think that they'll get, I think that they'll get enough, some more players from the, I think that they will get certain, at least a couple players from the last two weekends. I'm very confident are going to be committing Notre Dame. It's just, it's going to happen after visits and later in the month and early in the month, those type of things. So that's kind of where we're at with that one, Sean. So um, to answer your question, I think that is it, yep. Sean, for the questions. So you and I are actually going to finish a show in under four hours. I cannot believe this. <laughs> I think this might be a first. This might be a first. So anyway, that's going to do it for today's show, everybody. Thank you all so much for being with us. Sean, thank you for being with me today. I I, I know that we both wanted to get a lot of this stuff off of our chests and uh and have some fun kind of going at people and now we're going to get a chance to see him prove it prove us right or wrong on the field yeah. this season so that's yeah. going to be a lot of fun so hey everybody before you leave hit that like button hit the subscribe button hit the notification bell share this podcast if you have not done so sign up for the message boards we have had a ton of people sign up the last week uh i definitely want to get more and more of you on there you can sign up for a monthly membership for 4.99 a month an annual membership for 49 99 a month 49.99 or you can join the ib booster club the gold club is the biggest and you can get not only do you su- support us and help help us grow but you also get an ib club mug and an ib club t-shirt a gold club t-shirt with that if you sign up for the blue or the shamrock club you also get a mug and it's just a way if you want to so you always say hey i'd like to support you guys beyond the membership the booster club is the way to do it if you're currently an annual or monthly member and you still want to join the booster club you can actually upgrade just shoot me an email on that and we can at brian at irishbreakdown.com and we can talk about how to make that happen so definitely check that out as well so sean buddy i appreciate it are you did you guys go you guys already went already today or are you going to go tonight no we go tonight you're going to go tonight what time are you guys kicking off uh 6 30 my time so so 7 30 east 7 30 east we're gonna go live six o'clock in eight minutes we'll have ib national <clears throat> sports talk once that's done then you can jump right on over to lucky lefty lots of great stuff for you tonight for sean i'm brian thank you all very much have a great day great rest of your day great rest of your night now and uh, we'll be back tomorrow on the irish breakdown podcast <laughs>
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.